0: Everyone talks about these companies. We talk with them. Welcome to Insider Talks, the show where we interview China-based professionals on hot and thought-provoking topics.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have with me Dr. Renata Thiebaud. Um, we have been interacting uh, for a few times now uh, on e-commerce in China. And I'd like to talk about um, um, uh, what's happening in the digital landscape in China for more specifically cosmetic and beauty um, brands, companies, products, and especially what's happening between Tmall and other platforms. And um, as what you do with Web2Asia, you're looking at the full spectrum of digital, um, digital uh, e-commerce, e-commerce and uh, digital um, um, platforms. So, we are in a world now where it's not only Timor-centric. You have what we call private traffic with, with WeChat, with Yongshu, with live streaming, Weibo, and so on. We, we are able to create traffic. I've heard from some brands, from some people working in Shanghai, that brands are more and more skeptical about double 11, which is a big thing because it has driven a lot of traffic in the past. And traffic is key to rank on Timor because you are ranked on the historic traffic from the beginning of your shop. So my first question to, to, to you Renata would be, do you witness the same things that brands are a bit more cautious with Timor, a bit more cautious in considering 1111, and maybe some of them considering to skip it on Timor?
0: Hi, good morning. Thanks for inviting me once more to be part of this amazing work that you are doing at Dashway Consulting. So to answer your question, um, there is this still uh, mentality or let's say lack of knowledge that W11 is all about discounts. So you do not need to give discounts per se. There are many other mechanisms the brand can work on uh, if they are premium, for example, to not to damage uh, their brand image. So usually they can offer... A beautiful gift box, for example, that would work as well. Samples of at least ten percent uh, discount, right? That would be more or less the equivalent. So brands can be very creative; they do not need to be to give the actual discount on Double Eleven.
1: So you mentioned exactly the point why brands are skeptical about Double Eleven because um, most players are saying it's all about discount. But what you are saying. Is you can reshape the value of what you say, what you sell. You can bundle with another product. You can reshape the value with the packaging. So it's all about the value you are providing uh, during Double Eleven on on Tmall. That that would be your answer on how to uh, prepare for uh, Double Eleven this year.
0: Exactly. So I work with many premium brands, and they do not need to give. Um, coupon discounts. They work on adding value by, like you said, um, giving away some samples, also having a nice package, a nice gift box, and bundles also work very well. Would
1: you include what we call um, uh, co-branding and OTO one-time offer in this double 11, um, we find out that it could be a way to protect a bit um, from discounting to, to, to do more co-branding. And, and is it part of, of your thinking too, or it's more outside of double 11?
0: No co-branding is a very normal way of doing business in China. So the way that brands they choose uh, who to partner with would be either by, uh, let's say, launching a collection or a product together with another brand or just sharing the materials like a common banner and exchanging, let's say, coupons. If you buy on my store, you can have uh, 20 B coupon on someone else's store that works as well so there are different types of co-branding that brands can do they only need to be careful with the brands that you partner with usually it's brands that they can cross sell their products and brands uh, for example from a similar country and uh, brands that share same values as them
1: we talked about Double Eleven, um, where you, you might uh, reframe your, your value proposition for Double Eleven with specific offers. Would you have some examples in mind which um, would be a good example to remember and to, to have in mind to get inspired about reshaping the value of um, having a limited offer during Double Eleven?
0: Well, I think um, the best case study that I have for Double Eleven happened last year. It was not a big uh, discount that was given, but actually a social media campaign that drove a lot of sales to Kim Kardashian's new shop on Tmall Global. Mm -hmm. She did a live streaming with the main KOL in China via, and they sold 15 thousand bottles of Kim Kardashian West a perfume within seconds. So this shows that sometimes it's not the discount, but actually the whole campaign, the whole strategy that you have behind.
1: I see. Um, talking about co-branding, uh, that's one of the way to change the, the value proposition you're offering. Um, there's a lot of questions about um, the long-term effect of co-branding. We see a lot of uh, association with British Museum. We talked about cosmetics and beauty, for instance. Um, uh, we, we, we saw a lot of uh, association with the Forbidden City, at least three or four of them uh, in, in, in two years, uh, starting with L'Oreal and then other ones. Uh, what would be your way of thinking of co-branding and co-association not to be too much, to make sense, and how do you interpret uh, understand uh, this um, certain focus on British Museum, uh, Forbidden City, what, what, what's the thinking behind it?
0: The thinking behind is that Chinese uh, consumers, they are looking for more, more cultural things, more of a storytelling. That's why it works well in China, but I do agree with you, it tends to be too much. So uh, cooperation with designers, especially whenever you have a more affordable brand, doing cooperation with big, expensive brands or designers work very well as well. I know H&M does a very good job when they partner with Versace, for example. So they can bring these uh, big brands to the uh, public that cannot uh, often afford them so this is a very good strategy.
1: My my understanding of this strategy would have been also to leverage their own traffic, the traffic and the visibility of British Museum and to get out of this visibility from Weibo, WeChat and so on, um, an offer that a brand of um, like a Perfect Diary did would actually leverage. Um, And the other aspect I'm seeing is that that helps also to uh, create um, a limited edition with Um, a pricing which would be a bit different from the the, the usual pricing. Um, Do you agree with those two aspects and what would be the other aspects you are seeing into the market?
0: I agree more with limited edition because it creates a certain anxiety in the consumer to purchase the product that they are not going to purchase in the future. Usually the visuals, the packaging is very appealing for the consumer. That's why they also want to have the limited edition. So many brands use this mechanism. MAC, for example, MAC Cosmetics is one of the leading brands that work very well on this.
1: MAC, MAC, right? The cosmetic ones? Yes. 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 I see. I see. We talked about double 11 and how to uh, again change the value, but we in some way um, um, didn't talk about what a lot of companies are also complaining about with double eleven. Anti-bullying speaking, it's increase of cost, and um, that's a common um, that's a common complaint, that's a common uh, observation that they feel uh, the cost has increased. Um, from your own experience, uh, a long, very rich experience on working with Tmall, do you feel that the okay, case that now you have to, the cost per click, the cost per million, but also the campaign in itself, you have to pay for more assets within, the, within Tmall, and now everything has to be paid, whether before you could have a bit more cooperation with Tmall? What's your opinion and, 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 and view on this?
0: Well, uh, we do have to consider two things. One is there is not only double eleven. For many brands, uh, September has the highest uh, number of sales or maybe June for fashion, the mid-year campaign. And then there is March 8th the Queen's Day, so there are so many campaigns. Maybe what brands uh, mean is that uh, they need to give discounts and have all of these promotional mechanisms pretty much every month. So it can be difficult for them.
1: I see, Um, so you mean that they they have the feeling of increasing cost because actually every single month you would have a campaign to manage a campaign to organize and then spending on this campaign. That's your that's your feeling. Actually, the average cost of CPC, CPM, or a conversion of an average client has not increased that much. But what you would say what has increased much is uh, the, the, the the over the year the number of occasions and 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 the the. the basically compulsory occasions to do marketing.
0: Exactly. And now there are even more campaigns uh, depending on the category. There is a fashion show, there's uh, China Valentine's Day, There are so many campaigns and the brand really needs to know the calendar to prepare beforehand for the campaigns. Because uh, for me, it's also not a good strategy to be out of the campaign because it is a good source of traffic. So the brands really needed to work on their price mechanism where of course it will not damage the brand image and also they can offer something to the consumers because in the end it's also about the consumers, right? How they uh, view the brand and what they are gaining from this campaign. So if you do not give anything, also it's not a very good point for the brand. So they needed to balance, but being out of the campaigns is also, uh, I do not think it's good.
1: I see. One interview we did in the past um, uh, told us about the brands uh, in you, is that in order to win on Timor, you need to uh, work outside of Timor. you need to be known outside of Timor uh, in order to convert after on the marketplace. Marketplace meaning more at the end of the day, um, a tool to, to convert and to process a payment. Um, that was his vision. And then that's, um, um, that's bringing the topic of private traffic more, or traffic generally speaking, where basically outside of Tmall, how do you generate traffic. Uh, for a long time, you had Weibo. Uh, for, uh, sometimes you even had uh, uh, blogs um, on, 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 on on other platforms, but they they, they didn't take the momentum. And now you have new platforms like SoundCrew, like live streaming, um, and of course, Doin. When people talk to you about private traffic, um, how do you react to this? Because still, most of the sales are going through Tmall. On the other hand, you have examples like Perfect Diary and others who are seemingly uh, doing um, a good job and at least getting momentum with what we call private traffic.
0: So for a brand to succeed on Tmall, they need to think of outside traffic, but also inside of the marketplace through keywords bidding and banner display because uh, there is a tendency that the brand thinks that the marketplace already has a lot of consumers and they only need to open an online shop, but we all know it does not work this way. So they do need to invest within the platform as well, together with social media. When we talk about cosmetics, we should look into Little Red Book, and also Bilibili. Bilibili is a short video uh, platform that is very important for beauty and cosmetics.
1: With uh, Sia Hongshu, Bilibili, I think uh, both of them were not existing five years ago. Um, you see some brands uh, like, again, we take the example of Perfetory with Sia Hongshu, started on Sia Hongshu, got momentum on Sia Hongshu, and then leveraged WeChat and other platforms. Uh, very well wechat as well and how would you advise companies to go or not to go on some platforms um, because it, 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 it's turning so fast and some brands may be skeptical as they were skeptical on timor initially and then they went on timor uh, but should they jump on every opportunity and try it or what would be your parameters to think of it
0: the main concern of most of the brands, especially the ones I work with, because they are smaller and more niche brands, is the cost. So I do suggest to them to choose a little red book. In this case, they do not need to be on all platforms. They can open their own Weibo account, their own WeChat account, and uh, post content every uh, every two days, for example, every three days, and then they partner with KOLs on uh, preferably Little Red Book and sometimes on Bilibili. So uh, I also suggest to them to work more with KOCs, micro KOLs because of the cost. And then if they have the budget, then they can work with one big KOL or three mid- tier KOLs, but focus more on the smaller ones. So the brand gains traction. So consumers um, know more about the brand. So it's in the end about budget as well. Of course, if we're talking about uh, other big brands, they do spend a lot. They spend 8 million, 10 million RMB on KOL, but it's not the reality of most of the brands.
1: Talking about KOC and KOL, uh, there is a system of a bit of pyramid affiliations in China, uh, which Taobao has started, but other platforms are also promoting. How do you feel about that? Is it something I would advise brands to do that actually people share your content and push for selling because they get a, a small return? We interviewed one consumer who is... Uh, making uh, 1000 GMB uh, every month just by basically posting on WeChat and then other friends posting on WeChat and then it's creating a, a chain of people buying from her origin. Uh, how, what's your perspective on this way of selling?
0: This works as well, and it was one of the main uh, factors that contributed for perfect diary success in China. So this really creates traction and awareness for the brand. So right now, the the trend is to work with KOCs. So you can either um, give them products so they can try and post for you on social media. And some of them started charging as well for that. So it's a bit dangerous because um, we see KOCs as uh, consumers who try different products and they post on social media or tell their friends if they like the product or not. And this should be a more natural way. But as soon as they start charging, it creates more... um, also for the brand and also the prices will increase for social media and they are already very high especially during campaign periods.
1: And uh, is the system of, of, of uh, affiliation uh, that we just mentioned um, the best way to work with KOC uh, or is it better to identify them one by one to so because the way those affiliation works is that you put a link in a platform and anyone could actually use the link and resell. Um, so it's, it's, you don't choose much about who is going to resell for you. Um, but on the, on the perspective with KOL, you would choose and pay those people. So what about KOC? Uh, would you uh, pick them or would you let them decide which, which, who is going to resell your product or advocate for your product? How would you work with them? Identification and management.
0: You have two different models. The first one is the affiliate program on Alimama from Alibaba. You can uh, define a percentage you are going to pay to the affiliates if they sell your product. product. So let's say 5%, 10% as a matter of incentive for them to push for your product and share the links of uh, your brand and your product. But when you identify the KOCs, uh, people who already mentioned about your brand, or even if you leverage the data you already have from your own consumers, you can manage better. And sometimes you do not need to pay them. You can give uh, samples of or your, your products for them to um, promote your brand. So I, I do believe that the second option is a very good option and it's going to grow even more.
1: So identifying them because they put your hashtag or they add you somewhere, uh, whether it's in Weibo, WeChat or elsewhere, and you would interact with them on a one-to-one basis to see what the potential could be with them and you could offer one or two products or one specific product for them to try and to the deal would be we offer something for free but you talk about it
0: that's correct
1: yeah and it's much more authentic that care okay, well and who is going to actually um just get paid and, and mention it during live streaming. Like, Li did that recently and even said, I'm not going to talk about this brand because he didn't pay me. And they, he stopped live talking about this brand. So that's damaging a lot live streaming. Did you feel it was damaging live streaming, this kind of behavior?
0: I think uh, Chinese consumers still like KOLs, and especially uh, Austin Lee. He he is very famous in China. And sometimes he is too natural, right? So that's why people like him. But consumers know when it is paid, right? So Mm -hmm. I am only talking about this brand because I've been paid to do this. But um, as consumer evolves, they will tend to look for something more natural. At web for example, we started doing our own live streaming with our teams, with our customer service um, in a very informal way because we know very well every single detail about the products and especially customer service. They know how to handle people, how to handle all questions. And the consumers really like, because they know it's not a paid initiative and they can ask whatever they want. They feel usually very comfortable whenever we have a live streaming with that. So being natural is also very important. I do believe that in the future, consumers will look for something more natural that they do not see clearly that it's paid, right?
1: It's very interesting that you said that you used your, your own, I would say, back end uh, of the brand, like mm-hmm. customer service, to do a live streaming. It makes a lot of sense because those people know about the product uh, and also know about the comments of the of, of the, the, the the clients, what they mm-hmm. didn't like and, did, uh, and didn't like. Um, and that's putting, putting much more authenticity uh, to what seems to be more like a, uh, a TV shopping with live streaming, where basically mm-hmm. you get a deal and you push a product just because you have a deal.
0: Exactly. So sometimes also do the live streaming um, because consumers uh, also like seeing a foreign face of a person who has been in China for so long, and um, especially when it's a foreign brand as well, to give more assurance to them. Together with my teams, with um, the project manager and also customer service. I think it's so interesting uh, the way that we do, even in a very informal way, consumers uh, really respect uh, this type of live streaming.
1: I see. What about the difference between live streaming and just recording a nice video explaining the product? Uh, I understand that consumers can interact live, uh, but also does it, does it give a sense that the video is, is very new, so very, very recent, so very, very um, close to the product you are going to buy because it's just live? So that's the product that it is live. What do you think is, what is the mind of the consumer to prefer live streaming toward um, just a very well edited uh, video?
0: Well, with the live streaming, we can interact with consumers. We can also share different uh, promotions, coupons, for example, that we are doing at that time. We can answer questions, and it is much more natural. If it's a video, it's edited, and then you also have a length that you can post on social media, let's say 30 seconds or one minute, even it is not the same. So interaction, I think, is the key for us to really get closer to our consumers.
1: And do you feel through live streaming, is that been possible to create a community? Because what people may not know in, from the West is that when you interact, actually, you see what you are writing on the video, and everyone else is seeing what you are writing. So basically, um, it helps you to ask all the questions you need before buying it. Some questions you may not have thought about. Uh, some experience you may not have had in the past that someone else might might have had. Do you feel that this aspect of community, seeing also the other questions from other people, is um, is important in live streaming and attracting people to 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 join?
0: Yes, it is. So um, they also create small debates. For example, with Jellycat, I really like mentioning Jellycat because they have a very strong community of um, young professionals buying even multiple products because they can have a collection. So whenever we have a live streaming with them, they share their views. They say which uh, teddy bear they prefer.
1: I see. Right? So
0: they I can see. share also their experience with the products they already have.
1: Interesting. I think the community part of the live streaming is sometimes a bit missed by people who are not living in, in China, not seeing one live streaming. Uh, this not only be- because live with a person who is live streaming, but also with everyone else uh, who is uh, watching it. Um, so. We mentioned private traffic as a big word for 2020. I, I think it is a word in e-commerce, I, I don't know if you would agree with me, but would be one of the words would be private traffic. What would you include in private traffic? Uh, um, there is one element which is usually uh, known as owned traffic. I don't know why in the West we talk more about owned traffic and in China more private traffic, but it is a brand.com, the website in itself. But still so far, um, I, I feel it's very, still very hard to get, gain momentum from the brand.com. Do you agree with me that it's hard because of the Chinese market, or would you say that it's hard because brands have not tried everything, have not uh, done everything they could do, are still too shy and too re- re- relying on Timo?
0: It is both if you do have your .com .cn you do need to to do by do sem for example you need to promote attract traffic and if it is only for branding purpose, yes the brand should have it but it's very difficult to promote a store on a.com.cn compared to a marketplace. Because of existing traffic that these marketplaces already have and all of the paid media that you can do even within the marketplace. So for most of my clients, they do not have and they do not intend to have their websites in China. They purely rely on the platform, the marketplace, and also social media channels, and that's it.
1: So um, for a for Western, uh, brothercom would be part of private traffic. We saw that it's, it's certainly not the focus in China, it can even be skipped. Um, we know WeChat is part of the ecosystem of private traffic. Xiaongshu would be part of the ecosystem of private traffic because you are less reliant on the platform itself, but more on uh, uh, um, KOL, KOC within the platform. Um, what other elements would you consider within a, a private traffic strategy?
0: Well, I would consider still doing Weibo, uh, WeChat, Little Red Book, and For Cosmetics, Bilibili. Uh, there are other platforms like Quai Show and the TikTok, Douyin in China, Um, but it should not be the focus, of course. It depends on the budget of of the brand and the type of products they're selling. So the way that they design, that they should design their strategy would be by uh, the category, by the type of products they sell. And then this is the external uh, traffic that they can bring to the store. And then you have the paid ones within the marketplace, which are the banner display. The uh, mini site. Mini site is uh, the little banner. Whenever a person search for the brand, there will be a banner where they will click and open a store. There is a keywords bidding and affiliates program. So it really depends on budget and type of product for them to uh, select the right strategy but in the in the end what they the brands need to do is to leverage the fact that they have a store to drive traffic to the store not only do branding but convert this traffic into sales within the store on Tmall or another marketplace.
1: Talking about uh, the new competition, Chinese brands, um, um, we have in mind the famous ones, new ones, Perfect Diary started on Xiaongshu again, Little Read Book, but there's also Little Dream Garden was started on Douyin, for instance, or FloraSis. we started with, I mean, got big with live streaming. When you look at those Chinese brands, uh, especially in the beauty and cosmetic um, um, industry, um, how do you analyze the success? Um, how do you interpret them? And what key learnings do you get from from them? These new Chinese brands, they are gaining
0: um, a lot of uh, traffic and also awareness within uh, the, the market because they know how to use the data very well to understand consumer behavior. So if you see Perfect Diary, they partnered with Austin Lee and they created a collection with a puppy and then um, they donated money to um, shelter uh, dogs in needs, for example, for the pet, some, uh, they partnered with uh, some pet NGOs, for example. So they really catch the trends of the industry and not only this, they bring something else to the consumer. They do things that most of foreign brands are not even doing yet. So this is the difference. They play well with the data to understand what is going on, what consumers want, and not only this, they foresee the trends in the market.
1: But how do they, what data they collect and um, how do they process it to be better uh, at, uh, uh, at understanding the consumer? What would be your, your understanding on how they what they collect and how the process is to to be outstanding?
0: Well, first, they use a lot of social media as well, different KOL, uh, not only to promote the brand, but also to understand what type of products a consumer would prefer. So, for example, I have a collection of 50 products. I do not need to push all of them. So when I open a store, I think as a foreign brand that um, my hero product overseas will be the hero product here. Hence, I choose it as my hero product and I do paid marketing. But then uh, it ends up that the consumer will like something else. But sometimes there is a I wrong see. thinking that I will insist on pushing my core products because maybe I have better profits or things like that. But no, in this case, the Chinese uh, brands, they, of course, they know the market and they are able to act very quickly to uh, a strategy that is not necessarily uh, working for them to shift and focus on something else. And then with this, let's say split test, And also through data analysis, they are able to uh, re-work on their strategy and then that's why they are winning the market. So in the beginning, it's very difficult because you do not have access to your consumer base, you do not you do not know what you expect but as soon as you have your store as soon as you do surveys uh, questionnaire with uh, focus groups for example then you have a better idea so that's why yeah the mentality and also the fact that they are able to react very quickly and foresee the market is uh, maybe the key point of the brand
1: to uh to, to, um, to, to finish with um, this uh, today talk, uh, what would be the keywords for you in 2020 for e-commerce? Uh, I said private traffic would be a keyword. Would you agree with it? I mean, I, I think three years ago, we we're talking about omni-channel, you know? And I think with the, the case <laughs> of Aldi, you were in omni-channel for instance, but um, what this seems to be private traffic. What, do you agree with it? And what other words would you add? What are the keywords?
0: Well, for this year, I agree with you, and I do think that especially live streaming has a very big stake into e-commerce. It, it contributes to around 10 percent of e-commerce uh, right now, and the tendency is to grow. So there will be more mechanism within live streaming, but something more natural, like I said, more usage of KOCs rather than big KOL. And for next year, I do not think this year will be possible, but next year, um, technology will be very, very important with new features and new tools for the consumer to try products that they cannot touch and see.
1: Are you thinking about the 5G?
0: Yes, and also different mechanisms within the apps of the marketplace. Um, JD, for example, is investing a lot into blockchain technology to show consumers trust about certain products. So right now they are working with diamonds. Because um, millennials buy a lot of diamonds online, but sometimes they do not know if it's a fake or the quality of the diamond. So there are some pilot projects with mangoes, with milk powder, with diamond, but these will be very common in the future cross categories
1: not only through the comment because China was focused on, I mean, the Chinese market was focusing on the comment, the number of stars of products, but here with something which would be more reliable uh, through a a system of some way blockchain, which I I still have a difficulty to uh, envision, but I see something more robust as what we have with simply comments, which could be faked. That's my understanding, is it correct?
0: Yes, it's correct. But the marketplaces are working with big firms, IBM, also Walmart in the US to develop this technology uh, through blockchain because for many types of products, consumers are still skeptical and they do not trust. They, They simply do not know if the product is original or not, or if the quality is there or not. So this will be very important for them to give this reassurance about the provenance of the product, uh, expiry date especially.
1: There's a skepticism of of consumers when we look back in history, um, it could only be higher with marketplaces uh, more than when you had the Carrefour and Walmart, because Carrefour and Walmart were choosing, picking uh, the product they would put uh, on their shelves. But here with marketplaces, everyone can put a product on marketplace and sell. Uh, that's a problem with Amazon too, where uh, people find out actually there is very, very little checks on the products, which are on the platforms. So you need to rely on the comments of people and, and maybe, as you said, something more robust like a blockchain, which could, be, uh, could include some features of the product itself to know what kind of features are working well and to compare them within uh, all the products. Very interesting development uh, for next year indeed to look at. Thanks very much, thank for your time. Um, hope you enjoyed it, I did. And uh, hope to see you soon in, in Shanghai because you are still in Canada.
0: So it is my pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation.
1: Thanks, bye-bye everyone. Thanks for listening.